The project Go Social, supporting employability through social entrepreneurship, is funded by the European Union under the Innovation and Change in Education 7 grant scheme and is implemented by the Famagusta Walled City Association, Master, Akti Project and Research Centre and Makamer, Famagusta Women's Centre Association. This podcast was created with the support of the European Union. The contents of this podcast are the sole responsibility of the project partners and can in no way be taken to reflect the views of the European Union. Welcome back to our podcast Let's Go Social, which aims to contribute towards the efforts and discussions towards creating a supportive framework for the development of the social and environmental economy in Cyprus. In this episode, we are joined by Marilena Kiriakou, the project coordinator of Power, a project by the British Council focusing on promoting the involvement of young people in the social economy sector as a way to alleviate youth unemployment. Also joining us for this episode are the co-founders of Cyprus Inno and The Base, Burak Bertoloai and Stephen Stavro. Cyprus Inno is an award-winning social venture run by an intercommunal team in Cyprus, working to connect entrepreneurs across the island, as well as other post-conflict regions, via entrepreneurship, technology and innovation by creating an island-wide entrepreneurship ecosystem. Together, they discuss the potential of social enterprises as a tool to promote peacebuilding and collaboration in ways that focus on actions that unite rather than opinions that divide communities, as well as giving action points for stakeholders and duty bearers to enable a more suitable environment and culture for entrepreneurship to thrive in Cyprus. Stephen or Burak, whoever wishes to uh, answer this question. Could you tell us about the process of taking Cyprus Inno from being just an idea to a fully functioning organization? And what was perhaps the most challenging phase in that process? Burak? Hi, um, thank you for inviting us. The initial step was actually our first event. I think... Um, First, we started everything, everything digitally to test if uh, this idea would work, if people would be interested to collaborate and make business with each other. So I think the first initial step was to test it by inviting people to the buffer zone to come for a business networking event back in 2016. I think this was the first uh, part of seeing if this would work or not. And then, of course, later on, it was more like um, bureaucratic stuff Um, registration, um, becoming like a legal entity, which was the biggest challenge. Um, it took us many, many years trying to register as a, yeah. uh, let's say, um, charity, like, uh, yeah, like non-profit, NGO, NGO, club. Some idea, they say. Yeah, and uh, it's still going on. I think, it's been, I think the application's yeah. still there. Yeah, yeah. never cancelled It's it. still pending, <laughs> two and a half, three years. Uh, it's pending. We still we didn't hear anything back from them. So for us, it was uh, registering a non-for-profit business, which also took like around one, one and a half years. longer than normal, yes. Being an intercommunal team, this was one of the biggest challenges for us to legally register as an entity. And and there are ways we could have sped it up, um, and it, these these ways are are known. We could have had um, my name exclusively on the company, and 
an agreement's usually made with a Turkish Cypriot partner on the side so that the paperwork goes by faster. But if we did that, what's the point of the work we do where we promote intercommunal business? We need to be the example. We need to set the example moving forward that there could be 50-50 partnerships and ownerships and legally registered entities. And that's what we did, and that's what we fought for, and we accomplished it after probably three years total. Mm-hmm. But now we have a functioning organization, legal entity, and and, and we're running ever since. Mighty Lena, uh, what have you observed in terms of the capacity and readiness of participants for change in terms of entrepreneurship, innovation, as well as collaboration? I think what we were seeing, and it's not only something that's um, you know specific to Cyprus, but globally, is that young people are challenging the usual way of doing business or the usual way of doing things. Um, and social enterprises or the social economy sector does provide alternatives for that. So it's not about just setting up a business that focuses only on profits, but it's about contributing to the social good. Um, and it is something that young people are quite interested in. The International Labour Organization has actually done research on this, and it's shown that there are people that are actually opting for work in the social entrepreneurship sector rather than going into your typical wage employment. So there's definitely a lot of potential for the sector among young people who are passionate for social change. They want to work in a way that is more democratic or more equitable between themselves as business partners or as partners. And of course, that brings collaboration. In terms of the program that we have with UNFISIP, uh, the UN Youth Champions for Peace and Environment, it is a program that comes from this, let's say, mindset. Its aim is to bring communities of young people across the island together through a two-week program that focuses on raising awareness about the environment and peace or environmental peace building, let's say, through the angle of social entrepreneurship. So the idea is that we want to raise awareness about what these very two critical issues are, peace and environment and how they interrelate, and at the same time, have a practical component that is about asking them to find solutions to a challenge around around these topics. In your experience of working with a somewhat older demographic, um, what have you observed in terms of the capacity and readiness of the participants through your trainings? We have the, the privilege, I would say, of actually spanning multiple age groups. And so we see some differences as we move through those age groups. With the younger age group, it's, it's definitely true. They're, they want to be more involved. And I, th- I think part of that is because, uh, especially amongst the millennial generation, let's say, um, they're more driven by social mission and passion and contributions, and they're not finding that in their daily jobs. And so the next best thing, or perhaps the first best thing, is to just create it yourself, to solve the challenge yourself through a social business or enterprise or startup or nonprofit. Um, And so we're seeing that. And that's encouraging because if you look at some of the data that we've seen, at least in the Greek community, early stage entrepreneurship actually has been down year over year. So it's encouraging to see some of it pick up from some of the programs we're doing. And we need more programs like this so we could keep encouraging that. Um, And then I think amongst the older demographic, we're seeing more traditional businesses probably, but who are open to innovating their business models, integrating social impact into those business models, and then collaborating with partners um, all over the island to grow what they're doing and expand what they're doing. 
there's one phenomenon among entities in Cyprus um, where organizations either they're, they're working towards the same goal, they have the same value system, um, but the action that they do tends to progress independent or parallel uh, to one another. There's no, no intersection necessarily. What, in your opinion, may be some of the reasons for this? Um, what would be one practical advice if there is to extend to such entities? I have noticed when we were um, running the the Coupathons, which were the hackathon competitions that we had uh, through Coupower, is that we had teams that had ideas that were not exactly the same, but they were very well aligned. And if the products or services of those teams could actually be combined, they could actually create something that's very visible to actually implement and sustainable. So definitely, I think there needs to be collaboration and partnership because it's a very competitive sector. I mean, especially this sector, which is quite new to, to the island. So you cannot survive and actually have a feasible product or service without actually partnering with others in order to boost your product or service. So competition is good. It, it's it's there. I mean, it will always be there because that's how, you know, the market operates. But, you know, at the same time, you need to collaborate, especially because you might benefit from what some other entity is offering. Competition is healthy. It's um, at the team level so that they can keep innovate and keep pushing. At the organization level, it's a little strange. I mean, I'll, I'll give my hot take as well. Our mics are going to catch on fire here. But, um, it, the, the lack of whether intentional or unintentional collaboration or just awareness amongst the organizations is a bit ridiculous on the island, honestly. Um, you can't grow a young entrepreneurial ecosystem without collaboration. It's impossible. Um, and we're, we're a young ecosystem, and we're trying to leapfrog by learning from others. But if we don't work together, we'll never get there. Um, and uh, this is a perfect example. This this room right here, we have Go Social CY, Cyprus, you know, British Council, and Carpathon. Um, and we've all sort of kind of been a part of each other's initiatives, mentoring at Copathon, Go Social training at Cypressino, Cypressino attending Go Social workshops. That's beautiful. That's exactly the example we need to set for the rest of the island about how we work together so our programs are not competitive, they're complementary. What are some of the things that decision makers, NGOs, authorities can do to promote partnership within the island to help achieve SDGs? I think there needs to be more coordination, first of all. Um, what we really lack among the SDGs and the track progress of what's happening with the SDGs is, is this type of coordination. Um, and that means coordination among different uh, stakeholders, businesses, civil society, academia, and other types of entities that are very important to them progress uh, and the achievement of the goals. Um, that I think is the is very very important. By communally or intercommunally wise, I think we're very lacking there. Um, I don't think there is any type of joint projects as far as I'm aware. Uh, maybe it's because the Turkish Cypriot community is not actually um, responsible or has made any commitments. This is only on the part of the Greek Cypriot community that the commitments are made. But even if we're talking about the uh, Greek Cypriot community, like um, 
there's quite a lot of stuff that are missing or that need more improvement. I mean, in relation to what we're doing and what we're planning to achieve, the Republic of Cyprus has uh, sent its recovery and resilience plans to the European Union. They do make mention of the SDGs quite a lot, of their, and there's quite a lot of focus in relation to climate change. Um, there's quite a lot of focus uh, around innovation, around uh, you know better infrastructure, and of course that very much interrelates to issues around governance, etc. But still, uh, we are seeing like a lack of how that relates to the other community. I mean, it's not mentioned there. So I think that's that's a bit of an issue of how that might work or, th- or that how that might not work. So I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any plans, if there's something that the bicommunal technical committees are working on um, for, for this. I know that in the Greek Cypriot community, they are planning to launch this platform or it has launched recently. They have this project with UNITAR. Um, the, the, the Greek Cypriot community that they that they're running in relation to having this platform that will bring different stakeholders together for working on the SDGs. They're planning some educational programs uh, as well, but you know um, it's still all in the in the loop. And of course, they're also submitting their uh, voluntary national review to the high level political forum this year. So I'm looking forward to reading that and seeing what has been done. Stephen. Yeah, I'll, I'll build off of that and stick on the intercommunal aspect because uh, Burak and I have always said from our programs from the past few years that it, it's amazing what we can achieve when we work together. And the SDGs are a perfect opportunity to work together to solve common challenges. It's written there for us. <laughs> There's 17 of them. All the issues are there. We're facing many of them. We can solve them together. Um, and, and there's a great opportunity to do so because of First, what Marilena said, which I didn't know about, there's no formal commitment from the Turkish Cypriot community towards the SDGs. And from the Greek Cypriot community, while there may be a formal commitment, I'm pretty sure, and I may be mistaken, but if I remember the SDGs report from last year, we ranked at the bottom. Uh, So we're doing a horrible job as an island, honestly. Um, And so perfect opportunity to come together and, and, and do something about it. And I'm pretty sure uh, we had downloaded a presentation um, regarding which SDGs were being focused on by the Greek Cypriot community. And SDG number 16, I don't think, was there. No, this was which is a report two years ago. Two yeah. years ago, which is peace and security. So if 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 we don't <laughs> if we don't have peace and security on on as an SDG on, on our on our watch list, let's say, we have we have some issues we need to tackle together. And so it's it's a great op. It's not it's not a problem. It's it's a great opportunity for us. What would you say is the main obstacle preventing from the realization of such uh, bicommunal social initiatives, Burak? It's similar to any any project. It's it's all about the team. So I think you need to have a strong team that is uh, working together. You have the same vision, and um, but currently, why I find intercommunal collaborations harder is that there's a growing gap between um, situations in both communities. So if you want to do a project together, for example, let's say about traffic, the the problems in the south and the north however you want to call it, communities is not the same. Um, if you want to do something about the environment, the amount of data that you would reach in the Greek Cypriot community or the Turkish Cypriot community is not going to be the same. So if you want to run something together, first of all, you need to be on the same level. 
at least to have a common ground to be working on it. It's not just the vision, but it's also about where you are and where you want to go. Either it's a business or a project or social enterprise, you need to have the same needs to be able to move on. And unfortunately, this gap is growing. The checkpoints were closed for a long time. So this made it worse. And I, I find this one of the biggest, I think the bureaucratic stuff is easy. You'll find a way, whatever you can register elsewhere. Go register somewhere else in Europe and keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. Again, you can solve bank problems, payments, everything like this. But I think what is missing is the growing gap between North and South. Marilena, thoughts? I completely agree with Burak. I think he summed it up perfectly. Um, I think there are technical difficulties with a lot of initiatives. I mean, if we go back to this uh, waste treatment plan, I mean, it's something that people are looking into. I mean, we, we also had some t- uh, teams during the Coupathons that were looking into, you know, the creation of biofuels from waste, and it's being done anyway from other organizations like the Anogenesis Project. But it's a very, very hard thing to do. So technically, although I'm not an expert on, on this specific area, it's quite challenging technically. So this is one level challenge. And then the other level is the differences between uh, the communities in relation to where we are in terms of waste management, etc. And then the political interest and willingness to actually create something like that. We have seen joint projects of this type of infrastructure being done. I mean, the Nicosia master plan with the common sewage system, the waste uh, treatment plan that was created a few years ago. So there has been things that were done in the past that show there's actually can be collaboration and, and they can see the island as a whole because, yes, on some levels where there can be differences between where the communities are on different, uh, let's say, areas. But at the same time, if we're talking about climate crisis, which I think is like the biggest issue of our, of our time after COVID for the time being, though, I mean, we hope that that will pass the pandemic, is that it won't see divisions. You know, the effects are for the island as a whole. So there are areas where the effects of climate change are going to be affecting the whole island, regardless of whether there are checkpoints or not. So if the leaders of the two communities, um, or the leadership more broadly, doesn't really tackle this and, and see this as very urgent, we are not in a good position to tackle all of the things that will come to our island in the next couple of years and decades. We're looking at uh, what practical steps can be taken to help promote partnerships, collaborations within organizations or NGOs, uh, private public sector um, within Cyprus for the development and for implementing social enterprises. So anything practical? I think, you know, we have a very good tool, let's call it a tool, which is the Green Line Trade Agreement. Uh, and you have the two chambers of commerce. We have practical difficulties, we have political difficulties, but we have some tools that we can use and institutions to help support collaboration. We also have the bicommunal technical committees, and if I'm not mistaken, there's one for commerce or business. Um, so use these institutions and push and lobby for some things to change that will be able to enable more collaboration between uh, people across the divide. I think that's where we can start, and that's my practical advice. Burak, anything you'd like to add to that? Another practical thing that we built, we're still in the testing phase, but it's an app that um, matches you with business people. Um, it's like a dating app for businesses. So. 
that's a practical tool that um, people can use. And I think a bit of cultural change in mindset mm. also will help to see that we're surrounded with water. Uh, we can't even travel. We couldn't travel for one and a half years. We don't have any other option. We need to find a way to <laughs> get through it together. There's no other way. I mean, it's the easiest place to look is to look, look at each other and ask for support. Yeah. And, and that actually reminds me, and, and maybe start some of these things earlier, you know, in, in the educational system. Um, we see that in, uh, if we focus on entrepreneurship specifically, and a lot of this data comes out of the GM report um, from the Greek Cypriot community, is that the cultural, the, the cultural approach to this um, starts from a younger age. So we need to embed more creativity, uh, more risk-taking, more acceptance of riskier career paths into the culture at an earlier stage, and that happens in the educational system. So another practical tool we can move forward with. Before we say goodbye, is there anything that you would like to add as a final thought or a goodbye note or something, to, food for thought, basically? Marilena? Um, in autumn, we're planning a series of, of some more activities through Kupar Project and other projects that we're running. So I encourage people to check our social media channels, British Council Cyprus. That's what you write on Facebook and it should appear and you can find out more about what we're doing. Burak? We discussed a lot about um, partnerships, projects, uh, collaborations. So if anybody's interested, they can reach out to us on social media at uh, Cypressino on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the website, cypressino.com. Or you can come to the base. It's in the Little Palace buffer zone right next to Fulbright Center. Um, if you have difficulties to find it, text us. We'll come and meet you at the door. And we're looking forward to hearing from all the people. Thank you. Stephen, any final thoughts? Thank you so much for uh, having us. And uh, as Burak said, come visit us at the base. We'd be happy to meet you and speak with you. To get in touch with our guest speakers or to find out more about their initiatives and organizations, check out the social media and contact details provided in the description below. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode and know of someone who may benefit from the discussions, feel free to share within your network. The Go Social project concludes its activities on the 8th of August 2021. However, if you would like to find out more about social entrepreneurship or educational and informative materials from the Go Social project, visit our website at www.gosocialcy.eu. Please also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can access training videos on social entrepreneurship, short documentaries on local social initiatives, as well as the rest of our podcast episodes. Thank you for listening to the final episode of our podcast, Let's Go Social. If you haven't done so already, please do check out some of the other episodes of the series. We do hope you have benefited from some, if not all, of the topics we've discussed and have been inspired by our guests and the initiatives we have hosted. Until next time, take care and goodbye.